0: Alright, I do believe we are live. Welcome everybody to Break the Rules, the stream that brings everybody from the internet together in order to have the best conversations that you have ever experienced. And we are going to be talking about the best form of government today. We've got some old people here, Chud Logic, Gnostic and By old people, I do not mean an age, I mean an experience because you guys are very well experienced in your fields and today is no different with our new guest, Just the Facts. Welcome to just the facts. I'm a big admirer of your work. You have a lot of very interesting views, very unconventional and uh, very important to hear out. So before we begin, as always, everybody smash that subscribe button, smash that like button, click the bell, the bell clicking is extremely important, share the stream out to everybody you know, join the Discord and the Patreon, patreon.com slash break the rules, you're going to get a lot of beautiful magnets. If you guys are fans of magnets, you are going to get a lot of beautiful wooden magnets created by my father, Alexander Polyakov, who you will see over here. Look at these things. Aren't they beautiful? Anyway, we're going to get started just with intros. Just the fact, since you are the new person here, I would love to hear a little bit about how you got started, why you chose politics, as well as being a man of culture. You know very, uh, you know, many, many languages. You know Hebrew, as does Gnostic informant, by the way. You know Latin, you know uh, German, very uh, fluent in German. And uh, what's the other one? Uh, Russian, of course. You speak So just the facts, tell us a little bit about yourself, and we're just going to go from there.
1: So uh, I studied uh, economics and political science in college, and that really gave me a new frame to understand the world. And like ever since I was pretty young, I remember looking at the various problems and thinking, well, here's how I would solve it. And I would come up with a long list in my head. And then I was thinking later on when I saw YouTube, like, hey, why not monetize this thinking and, you know, a bit later, here I am. Um, Basic, how did I end with politics? Well, I started by doing media and, you know, it was it was okay, but really the politics videos is where it took off, so I've just responded to popular demand on that.
0: Excellent. And uh, if you guys have not checked out his content, please check out his content as soon as you're finished with the stream. And also, don't forget to sneak those super chats because we're going to be reading super chats at the very end. So, Gnostic Informant, people know you more for uh, the uh, various religious, scholarly discussions that you have with a lot of experts, things that should be done in college. People don't really know you that much on the political end. How would you describe your politics, just to get us started?
2: Well, it's, it's interesting that Joseph X has said that he went to college for economics. I too actually have a modern economics degree from University of Buffalo. Before that, I was on the right, a conservative Christian. My education in economics pushed me to the left, which is interesting. I guess everybody has their own interpretations of that. I, I'm actually I'm not even sure where Joseph Aix is. I, I didn't even hear him say where where he is on that. But anyways, um, we'll find out. But yeah, we'll find out. But pol- politically, right now, I would consider myself as a center leftist. Um, yeah, just basically there. We, we can get into more details on it, on why I ended up there, and uh, just if that's all you wanted to know for now, then yeah, we, that's it.
0: that is that is all I want to know. And finally, last but not least, Chud Logic sporting Hello. the rest, wrestler getup today. What is going on there? Why the wrestler?
3: I don't know. I didn't actually mean for this to be on, but it just kind of is on <laughs> now. So I just you know, I'm actually I'm I'm going to TwitchCon next month, so I'm gonna oh, be on time nice. soon. So you'll get to see my lovely face. Oh, uh, I'm no looking forward prophecy, to that. Good, and good, good, maybe good,
0: maybe good, after that, you can do like a camera on the entire time where yes. now. It's, all right, there we go. That's so, the
3: plan. That's the plan. All
0: yeah. right. We're going to look forward to that. I'm going to toast some uh, raw milk for everybody here for seeing. Whoa, Chuck whoa, Logic's whoa, whoa. Pathway. Is
3: that a white supremacist thing?
0: Uh, it is very delicious uh, M- malaco, as they say in, in the Clockwork Orange universe. But uh, anyway, we are going to uh, get started. Chud Logic, I know that your view is more, let's say, on the mainstream, or rather straight and narrow, when it comes to the way we would have the best kind of government. But this has all been inspired by Just the Facts's video based on, uh, well, what the perfect government would be like, and I want to go over that. So I don't know, Just the Facts, where you would want to start. I know that the very first part of it has to do with uh, getting rid of all political parties. So is that something that is more of like a fantasy setting where, you know, all of your cohorts would take over your government and you would institute it, or is this something that can actually be done? Like, how would you, where, where would you categorize that particular vision?
1: I think that the answer is on the far end, you know, having uh, all political parties just completely annihilated. That's more something where it's just theory jerking, like, where would we ideally be? But, you know, that was the purpose of the video. What is the ideal government? So, But in terms of what's achievable right now, in terms of reducing partisanship, I think um, just taking an axe to think tanks and basically the modern media and trying to just completely reduce the number of people who make their livings off of stoking competition and stoking uh, mutual hatred, because that's a very parasitic and very anti-social way to make your living. So I think that's what the new CEO of uh, CNN is doing to some extent, and I've been following that. It has some promise, his new reforms there. So I think the answer is, it depends how far you want to take it. And that's uh, the answer to how utopian it is. Also, uh, one quick answer to uh, Neil, I would call myself non-ideological. You know, in my view, if you put a label on yourself, that tends to define how you do things. Because if I say, you know, I'm a right winger, you know, instead of thinking how is what is the correct solution to this problem? I'm going to think what's the correct right wing solution to this problem. And so, yeah, they actually have studies on this where they go like. As environmentally aware citizens, how do you view X? And then later on, they look at those same people and they see, oh, they see themselves and they act as more environmentally aware. So I just try and avoid labels altogether and say, you know,
2: I'm unlabeled. Sure. I'm down with that. Definitely.
1: Yeah, fair
0: fair enough. So uh, Chud Logic, this was one of the first things that uh, you got very interested in, in uh, him talking about. If this were to happen, what would you see as being the, uh, as Thomas Sowell likes to say, the unintended consequences?
3: Well, I mean, this might be partially answered by the fact that essentially what you're advocating for is a monarchy, from the sounds of it. Um, but but you're saying you want to abolish political parties. If you've got a legislative body that doesn't have political parties and everyone is just an individual, it's going to be very difficult for there to be any unity with which to get policy passed because one as one one um, thing one uh, role that a political party solves is essentially a wrapper for various politicians and pressure could be put from like whips for politicians to vote a certain way on a policy in order to get policy passed, you know and, and put into law so i guess one kind of thing i saw straight away is like i do you not, are you not concerned <laughs> that you would have all these different politicians arguing and not getting anything done if they have a unifying political party
1: well, I think that by having, you know, a large lower house in the area of like a thousand or so people, you're diminishing the importance of any one individual. And it becomes a lot easier to put aside, you know, any particular bicker, so to speak.
3: Oh, so you just have like like a thousand senators, essentially. Is that right?
1: Well, no, in this case, they'd be closer to the uh, House of Representatives. Like I'm talking about a lower house, and upper house. I elaborated on later in the video. I think that's where it's a good idea to have. So- yeah, that's another topic. I guess.
0: Hmm. So, uh, Neil, what are your thoughts there on having a uh, no party system whatsoever?
2: I just, um, I, I try to. I, I mean, I don't know how that would play out. As in, like, because w- what would fill that void? It would it would just be like privatized behind the scenes parties that are like, okay, we're this party, but don't tell anybody. Like you know, behind like in some back alley somewhere, like it, like I think it's a natural thing for parties to form. Is what I'm getting at. So how would you, how would we like manipulate that? How would we sort of, you know, navigate that thing of like, like seeing who's going to form what? There's going to be people who form together. It's just part of natural tribalism, I guess.
1: That's true, but when you have the rules less formalized, it becomes less sticky, and it's easier for one person to switch from one party to the other. Right now, if you want to switch parties in in the House of Representatives, even if you're just one of 435 people who really is irrelevant, that's a newspaper headline. But if it's just an informal organization, that makes it easier to sort of switch allegiances, and that's a good thing, because it should be something that we do to switch allegiances when we're proven wrong or when one quote unquote party doesn't satisfy us. Furthermore, it's good to not polarize or partisanize all of uh, society. And that's what happens when you have these formalized institutions with their formalized uh, local fundraising and get out the vote initiatives. And that's what I would want to put the boot on, so to speak.
2: Yeah, that's definitely a tough problem that I think is, like, how do you go about it? You know what I mean? Like, it's, that, it's just the dichotomy, the, the dualism of left versus right. I don't think it's the greatest thing to have. I, I would agree. I just don't know how – I don't have a solution for that, to be honest. I, just, I, w- I wouldn't know what to do about it. Well, one of
0: the solutions that uh, Just the Facts was talking about – which, uh, Chud, you alluded to just now, is having a monarchical system with certain caveats, so that there would be certain checks to power. So just to remind people just the facts, what would be the checks to power in the hereditary monarchical system that you would want to establish?
1: Okay, I'm going to keep it real. At least 50% of the reason I did that was because I came up with the idea of a Royal Seal for America, and I thought it (laughs) would be for merch, and so that's at least 25% LARP right there. Now, on the other hand, I do think it can work because, I mean, so this is coming off of Aristotle, right? This is all coming off of Aristotle. There are three forms of government, government by the one, government by the few, and government by the all.
2: I'll just read
1: this. So... Ideally, we have a government that has elements of all of these um, with checks and balances on each of them. So we should have a singular uh, head of state and who should elect them. Well, if it's everyone, then that's just a, I'm getting echo, I don't know, Uh, then that's just another form of government by the all. So I, I was thinking like we should have a singular head of state with some, authority that is uh, chosen by the previous head of state, because that's how you get government by the one. Now, government by the one has its weaknesses, but it um, it's uh, accompanied by those other forms of government.
3: I mean, can I just, you know, let's be real. This you're delusional if you think this is ever something that is going to be of interest to American people, right? Well,
1: yeah, duh. I mean, like I said earlier, this is like the point of the video was what is the ideal government, not is what is the most realistic government. What do I think the exact policies are that can be put through the current House of Representatives? Like,
2: well, let's let's play that tape through because let's let's look back in history. If my they... ideal
3: government is everyone gets a million dollars. Who's up for it?
2: Anyone? Right, but let's let's go let's go to his. I just want to I want to play this out. Like we have one mm-hmm. guy who's. You know, he's sort of the head of everything. And let's like compare it to, I don't know, Augustus. Augustus did a good job of that. He had a 40 plus year reign. He had his borders all extended. Everyone loved him. All Everything was great. The Roman peace. But then down the line, a century later, you end up with the Nero because you have to keep that succession going. And then you end up with insane people, with all the power. And I just think it's inevitable for that thing to crash. That's my for, that's my thoughts on that. But surely, an important aspect of any political ideology
3: is how would you actually go about implementing it, or how would you actually go about bringing this about? Otherwise, you know, you can just come up with any fantastical shit you want and go, "Yeah, my political idea is everyone gets a massive cock," and it just it just seems so pointless. You know, it just seems like a waste well, of no. Time. To, to
0: be fair, to be fair with Just the Facts's idea here, it would involve a theoretical. Takeover of the government and then you could say well, how do you take over the government? I still classify that as being different Than saying well everybody gets a giant dick and they get like those big breasts that that uh, Canadian right. teacher over there has You know, it's oh, a different that's... but for real, like, real All right, anyway.
1: so what yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying But I think there's still some virtue to this theory crafting because it's not so much how do you get this system into power? It's like what system can you design to be stable like? So to speak, I remember one uh, uh, thing I heard from on Twitter once was a good system is one that's designed so the idiots can take over it and it still remains reasonably functional. So uh, in my view, this system has checks and balances and it's designed so that if it falls or if one part of it falls, the rest of it can keep going. And that's an important thing to do is to design things like that. Now, how realistic is it? How What's the praxis? That's another question. But there is still some virtue in designing, like, how do we get the ideal checks and balances? How do we get stuff like that?
2: I actually think that we, and I know the United States is not perfect, but the system that's in place is designed to improve. We have the three branches of government. It does sort of check itself. I think that this democratic republic within a constitutional system with three branches of government is – it's what works the best, honestly. But and I, I the, guess uh, the response
3: to that, though, is like, do you not do you not worry that the reason that you feel that way is because
2: essentially you've been born into it and you've lived under it, and you know. And I've also compared it to past governments, theocracies, you know, monarchies, and it does seem like this is the way to go. Like, I, if, I mean, like like you said before, I can think of something better, but like you said. How do we get to that? Oh, everybody gets a million dollars. But we're here now, and it's realistic, and we can sort of look at it and compare it to what we had in the past.
0: Well, let's say, what are certain incremental things that could be done? I uh, recall there was a video, Just the Facts Did, yeah. talking about the uh, redistribution of uh, wealth in the uh, private uh, kind of way. That is one way for there to be, like, a competitive bank that people can make. But other than that, if we're talking about whatever way gets us to this – not ideal, but like as good as possible type of government, my concern about the uh, thing that uh, Gnostic was pointing out earlier with having this uh, one leader is not even that his descendants would suck. It's more that he would, or she, I mean, I don't You know, uh, that they would start... Wait, uh, Hang on, violating. hang on. No, no, wait. Yes. Just the facts. A woman okay. allowed
3: or not? That's oh, important. Good, good
0: point. Good point. Okay.
3: Just the facts. Women, yes or no?
1: Women, I don't know. God, that's a decent question. I mean, I'd go with, yeah, they're allowed. Just like
2: until. The hesitancy, man. It was not good.
0: I mean. <laughs> no, no, it's all right. L- listen, um, hey, I mean, look, we had great. I'm, if if I'm in, I'm,
1: I've got to be careful because like when I did a video that uh, was like moderate, was, it was pro-Israel, but I lost a decent number of subscribers off of that. So it's like I got to be careful because I had like I have an audience that's sort of kind of quote-unquote based but also kind of but also my opinions occasionally go against that Mm. and it's like every time i say something that contradicts that narrative it's like i lose some people so nature of it yep yeah it's like i mean i don't want to compare myself to someone who's obviously you know just the og in this sphere but it kind of like whenever i see destiny go like he says something that the left doesn't like and then he loses some people and like yeah i That's what happens when I say Israel good, you know? Oh, hell yeah.
0: But uh, well, that's not going to be new to some of the old school people here who have come from a lot more, let's say, extreme circles, even though I'm a Jewish dude. But anyway, when it comes to the point that I was bringing up earlier, though, when you have a leader and the leader gets surrounded, kind of like the scenario you just painted right now with having this uh, audience of people who want you to skew in a particular way. If you are a leader who ends up being seduced by all of the yes men that are around them or her, to act a certain way, that becomes a problem. Because at that point, you're just repeating your own propaganda, you're not addressing certain critical issues, if you're constantly being fawned over by people that want to use you to rise up to a certain position in the uh, in the political system. So that I see as being a very big problem with having any top down leadership, what would be the check to that?
1: Well, the answer is that any sort of you know yeah one leader can be corrupted there's a corrupt form of government of one of government by one you know tyranny but there's also a corrupt form of government by the few uh, oligarchy and there's a corrupt form of government by the many which in some ways is what we have today just an idiot mob it's i guess it is a lot harder to overthrow a uh, tyranny and to you know sort of purify that without essentially negating the elements of government by one in government, but I would say it's, it, it's all dependent on how it begins sort of, you know, and how careful you are with, uh, who's the selected, uh, successor to the, I guess, monarch or just sovereign in general. You could do something like the, uh, well, you know, in the transition phases from the French empire to the, what, well, no, the French republic to the French empire, you had, Napoleon was allowed to appoint his successor, but he wasn't technically a monarch. So something like that. Whoever the successor is chosen has to be chosen well. And the first person, how it begins, has to be the most critical element of getting a working government by one. But again, just to be
0: clear, I'm not talking about successors here. That's the important point, that you can have some system to get a good successor. But even if the successor is good the problem is that whoever is in charge for however much time that they're going to be on this planet or whatever the limit is whoever is in charge they're going to be surrounded by people that are going to kiss their ass how do you prevent that
2: that's why napoleon wrote the napoleonic codex which is still common law in europe today It's just it's the basically the europe european version of what the founding fathers did in america with the constitution which is why you, that's so important to have a constitution, so that anybody can be president or king, whatever. it Doesn't matter what it is. That that is the law. The, the law of the land remains, no matter who's the seeds. Mm. Can we yeah, all? Can we all agree I, on that?
1: And I def- yeah yeah I definitely agree on the checks and balances on uh, the um, government by one elements as much as the government by all elements. There should be checks and balances on, but it's difficult to tell. You know, like how do you get the advantages of a singular governor? like uh decisiveness and quick response where you don't have to take everything to parliament while still keeping those uh particular checks uh
3: involved so you so want that's... quick action basically you want stuff to just be done
1: well like, i want that these, and you? i want blocks against tyranny so it's like you have to have
3: that's a contradiction though because yeah. one of the benefits of fascism or, or you know the the, the, the dictatorship is that you get stuff done quickly but the downside is you don't have that oversight and you don't have the
2: checks and balances so i don't know how you'd have two at the same time let's not forget the word fascism used to be a good word it came from the Augustan era the fascist symbol the symbol of the bundle of sticks with an axe on it that was a symbol of power united under one you know philosopher king if you will and that symbol was a symbol of like good power and, and and strength now it's completely the opposite So that's sort of like to to add to what Chud just said, like it sort of does. You can't have it both ways. Either you give the power to somebody or you're going to give away and you're going to have tyranny with it. You're going to have it.
1: Well, that's the whole idea of checks and balances is the compromise. You know, you can have decisiveness and also checks when it's necessary. And people said the same thing when uh, they first saw the Constitution. You know, Patrick Henry was very vocal in his opposition to it. He said that the president would become a tyrant. But that's not what we see. We see sort of a spectrum from government by the few and government by the all and government by the one. And where we are in that is it determines which benefits of each you can get. And that's the whole idea of the compromise. I would say where we are on the spectrum right now, we're probably too far away from I mean, I would say we're too close to government by the many, where everything has to go through all these various structures in order to get anything done. Although I would say that, you know, Dark Brandon is taking us closer to a dictatorial uh, executive bureaucratic state.
0: like uh, wow. you disagree. Oh, and by the way, there we are definitely on the spectrum when it comes to this chat. Just wanted to th- throw that out.
2: Wait, so <laughs> I kind of, when, when I'm i hearing you say, like, okay, they, they had this idea of a president. People thought it would, be, it would turn into a dictator, but it didn't. So my first I wanted to ask you, so what's wrong with the way the way that is? And then you also said, but then that we have dark Brandon who looks like a dictator. So how much president, how much power do you want? Like the idea of a president seems to be an idea that checks dictators, but also has gives somebody power to do certain executive things. So what's the problem with that? Is what I'm getting at. I,
1: I think the general idea is good, and this is what I've said in the past. But I think that right now we're too close to uh, the government by the all, where it's impossible to get things done decisively. I think that the people and their elected representatives should have power to check the singular sovereign. But I think that right now it's a bit too much, and it gets in mm. the way of getting things done. That being said, I, I do look at how uh, Biden is taking things through the uh, through the bureaucracy and through the courts and not paying as much attention to what uh, the legislature has to say. But I think that's uh, too informal for me. It's not based on a rule-based system. And I think that we should have similar exercises of of power as he's doing, but it should be more formalized. I,
3: I, I guess, you know, I just don't understand how Biden, like what specifically do you think he's doing that's kind of stepping around the checks and balances that exist in the American government?
1: I would say the total circumvention of immigration law by basically directing the Border Patrol to not do their jobs. And the. I would say the Inflation Reduction Act, just the abuse of the reconciliation process and sidestepping the Senate like that.
3: Okay, so sorry, you're saying Biden has told Border Patrol to not do their jobs.
1: I mean, by not adequately enforcing the laws on the border by not directing as much resources as the authors of those laws clearly intended them to have.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm genuinely asking, I don't know, you know, much about Biden's fucking shit on the border. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty, pretty, pretty bad, obviously, to say to a whole fucking government department, oh, don't bother doing your jobs. You know, it's sounds cool. like a free for all, right? Like, it's I mean, know, it's, it's,
1: that is that is what a president can basically do through the uh, bureaucracy. I mean, you can challenge it through the courts and uh, the legislature, but that takes time.
2: We okay. still have one of the hardest systems becoming a citizen, which there still is a system in place. People don't just come here and just walk into the DMV and like get an ID. Like this still still takes years. You have one of the hardest systems in place of actually doing immigration.
1: I mean, of becoming a citizen, yes. But over the past, I don't know if it's 18 or like 16 months, but I remember reading something that said over the past 18 months, we've seen millions and millions come across the border. And that's a crucial part of the enforcement of the system because yeah, you can't just walk into the DMV and ID unless you're in California, but you can absolutely still find work. And I believe that in New York City,
0: they've legalized the ability for, uh, as they say, undocumented workers to vote. So there are breaches of the law that are going on right now. But my question, going back to Dark Brandon over here, is when you're saying that he does not want the border secured, can we trace this to a particular policy, a particular person? Sorry, uh, I I don't think this is true.
3: Obviously, I'm I'm doing it on the fly. Okay, Okay. But according according to this article I'm looking at here, in the fiscal year 2021, which included Biden's first eight full months in office, Border Patrol recorded 1.66 million arrests, and the previous, which surpassed, so that's the all-time high for arrests at the border. So it seems a bit odd that you'd see, um, you know, Border Patrol arresting an all-time high number of people when apparently you're saying that Biden is saying, you know, stand, stand down and stand by. It doesn't seem to be the case. I mean, you know, I don't know if amount amount it. What evidence or data do you have to show that, you know, Biden is doing this?
1: Well, the question of what is the amount that's been arrested is secondary to the question of what amount has crossed the border. And it's a lot more difficult to get uh, reports on that. I have just uh, Googled something and I'm not sure what the exact, like I said, like you said, I'm doing it also on the fly. And this, yes. this analysis I see says 4.9 million have crossed since Biden took office. So that's a much lower percentage, I would think. I mean, you'd have to compare the percentages that have been under Trump and the and the percentages that have been under Biden and like the totals and the amount arrested. So.
3: Sure. But, I mean, yeah, mm. I mean, we don't have to try. Yeah. Really but, uh, time to but what you're saying,
0: but what you're saying right now just shows the problem of having somebody in charge that would, uh, do all these various executive orders or whatnot that would not be able to be balanced out by the uh, states. So wouldn't that be less in favor of the uh, vision that you were talking about earlier?
1: Well, yeah, obviously anyone uh, in the position of a sovereign who's completely corrupted uh, does, is going to be doing bad things for the country, but that doesn't discredit the idea of government by one. In the same way that a corrupted populace in general constantly set against itself, not able to really discern who's a good candidate, doesn't really discredit the idea of government by all. Like right now, under the current circumstances, I wouldn't trust someone that the people of this country elected to be their representative. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to, that I'm going to think that they would act the same way if the current uh, politicizing structures were removed and they were shown adequate, correct information. And in the same way, sure, Biden's not great, but I would trust someone, uh, who's more capable and more, uh, has greater integrity with his level of power.
0: Mm, yeah. That's the problem right there. I mean, I can understand where it can definitely go. Right. I've expressed before my, uh, problems with the power corrupting over time, as some people in the chat has, have also expressed, but as far as let's say you have somebody who does end up getting corrupted. How do you undo that? How okay. much power would everybody have? I, I tell have? you one yes. time
3: that you deal with corruption, okay? One, one thing that you have okay. in government, right? And that is term limits. So it means that even if someone has got some fucked up shit going on, there's a limitation on how much damage they can do because they're only going to be in office for a certain amount of time and then there's another election, you know? And I think the US, one thing they got right is uh, one person can only ever serve two terms as president. I think that's a great idea. But you right. throw that all out the window when you give someone a lifetime appointment because they could potentially engage in that corrupt behavior. And this is what you see in times past and monarchies past, you know, mm-hmm. You can have the most corrupt person in charge, but hey, they were born into the right fucking body, so they get to reign terror for a fucking long period of time.
0: Though to be contrary to that, JTF did point out, and I don't want to speak on his behalf, but just as a quick teaser, you were pointing out before in your videos that the people who have the term limits, they end up working for a lot of these uh, various uh, entities that court favor with the government and are able to help them out in return for uh, help on their end. And that's also a problem that you see as eliminating term limits actually incentivizing them not to do
1: yeah yeah i mean basically lifetime appointments if you look at things like the supreme court what's the point of a lifetime appointment on the supreme court well the idea is you're not as vulnerable to outside pressure you're not as vulnerable to a mob coming up and telling you this is what we need to do and then you make a terrible decision the point of someone in a lifetime appointment is that they can make the unpopular decisions and that's important for a head of state just as much as it is for a judge
3: But the problem is the Supreme Court has got a very narrow purview in terms of what it actually does. Um, It just essentially determines and rules on whether something is constitutional or not at a very base level so you know i think that it's fine to have a lifetime appointment for maybe an organization that's got a particularly narrow view on what it does and you know they want to remove the political influences because they're saying supreme court we want you to determine is something constitutional or not and we want to base your decision purely on your reading and understanding of the constitution you know not on the political kind of influences so that's fine i think if you've got someone though whose remit is very wide and they could essentially do well i mean i don't know exactly what you're thinking of that this person could do precisely but certainly it'd be wider than what the supreme court does um yeah they're obviously going to be in a a position to potentially wreak havoc for the entirety of their lives um you know pull a nero for example i don't know (laughs)
1: Well, first of all, I wanted to bring this up earlier, but Nero is slept on as a good Roman emperor. Like, I peep, okay. like you could have brought up Commodus earlier, Neil, but Nero. I I am a Nero stand. I will defend Nero to the <laughs> end. So you should have come up with a better example than because
2: that. Because he <laughs> caused the Jewish revolt. He robbed the Jewish temple and caused the Jewish revolt and put the whole Eastern Roman Empire in, in shambles. I mean, if you need money, it was the end of the Julian in line. They had a four. They had a four year emperors in one year because of that. It was a giant wars everywhere. It was Nero's fault. That's why I said the
1: Senate around him. (laughs)
0: Anyways, but the point is, that's the same thing. They're talking about fucking Putin, by the way. That's the excuse. A lot of Russians make that say, well, it's only the bad oligarchs that are around Putin that are causing. They said the same shit about Stalin. But anyway, I'm not going to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you see, the thing is, they blame uh, the oligarchs in that case because the oligarchs are on his side and they say, oh, he's implementing their policies badly. No, I say the Senate was against Nero and with his way. Anyway,
2: madman. Sure.
1: That's Caligula. Anyways, but the point is. Sue? But the point is, yeah, you but my <laughs> anyways,
2: we started on well, World here talking the problem with absolute power. You get Caligulas and Neros. you get all these mad, crazy people who think they're gods and want them to be worship. I mean that's that's what happens.
1: Anyways, uh, just back to the point earlier. What I'm saying, generally speaking, is that the same rationale for having someone on the Supreme Court, which is you know, you need to be immune to outside pressure in order to make hard decisions. That applies to a head of state, surely. And, you know, I mean, we can debate whether or not the uh, countervailing rationale, which well, is no, no, wait, wait, know, wait. Heads bat... of...
3: Yeah. Sorry, sorry, I just want to say heads of state absolutely do need to be influenced by like political um, externalities, right? Sometimes because... they don't. Sometimes the people are. Well, no, because we want them to see what the people want to do, surely. If they're not concerned for political externalities, they could just say, right, let's fucking mass it. Let's do a Thanos snap and kill half the people. Fuck it. Who cares? Like
1: sometimes some look, I will defend to the death the virtue of having the broader masses and their elected representatives participate in government. But at the same time, sometimes they absolutely do not know what is best for them. Like, let's come on here. We've seen the people, broadly speaking, support in uh, opinion polls just stupid policy decisions. To sure, be clear, yeah, I to, agree. The people wait, to, to, yeah, I, yeah. you know,
3: I agree with that sentiment, yeah. but I guess my thing is, is like, so you're, but the thing is, if you're giving someone this hereditary, you know, thing, mm. how, how can you be sure that this person that's making the decision is even is equipped to do that? Because it's just based on a bloodline, um, which seems crazy to me. Like, it's yeah, based- it's, 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 just, it's just like fucking Winston Churchill said, you know, democracy is the worst form of government, except all the other forms that have been tried. I think there's a lot of truth to that. It's, it's, a, brilliant.
0: it's well said. based on a bloodline.
3: I mean, it's based
1: on the exclusion of basically everyone except one person from power. And that's an important point, because when you do that, you can see things a lot more clearly when you're not having to satisfy all these various interests, when you remove mob mentality from the equation.
0: No, I do I do think that uh, Just the Facts does have a point there. Not to say that I agree with the solution, but, uh, Chud, you'd have to agree that that is a pretty big problem, where people who are in power get influenced by various lobby groups. That's no good either. So the question is, how do we avoid that from... Uh, poisoning their well, uh you know, the, you know the way they govern
3: obviously you know yeah i'm not like a, a massive stan of like lobby groups or anything like that obviously we've got a lot of criticism of lobbying um but i think you know when you do have a system that you know i think everyone's got a right to to assert their own perspective on what they think should happen you know um so whilst and, i think there's that's control why i want control.
1: a legislature but i don't want the legislature to have all the power you know, it's sometimes, yes, the people yeah, should yeah. absolutely push the government to do things their way. However, there should be a certain point where one person who can see things clearly, who's isolated from the material consequences and can see the ma- immediate material consequences and can see the long term can just say, no, that's a stupid idea. We're not doing that.
3: Before we, uh, oh, sorry, sorry, we go I just, on. I just want to say, yeah. just yeah. really. Don't, don't you worry, though, that there's been many times in history where we've had this set up. And there has been this sort of person that's been able to determine outside of political influence in some cases, like, you know, what the path should be. And it's led to, to great hardships and great you know atrocities being committed because they are so isolated from the common person. Like, do, do you not think that you're just essentially recreating, you know, a dictatorship and all the things that come with that?
1: Well, that'd be a pretty long survey of history to determine, you know, what's the number of times that a single person in power has managed to correctly stop the people wanting or doing a stupid thing and what's the number of times in history that they themselves have been the bad influence that would be like you could write a book on that but broadly speaking right now I'm more concerned about the people doing stupid things than a singular person in charge
3: sure so okay with would, would an easier solution um rather than completely restructuring politics be to find some way or method to improve people's knowledge and understanding of issues in order to allow them to make, you know, better decisions.
1: Yes, absolutely. I believe in you know improving uh, the. I mean, yeah, but it's not sustainable. It's not long term. It's not something you can do all the time because there's always going to be the immediate material consequence of whatever's going on that can push people to do things that are bad in long term. So I think you do need that long term check. Uh, in the form of one person who is isolated, who isn't vulnerable to this mob mentality. I think it's just a necessary check.
3: Yeah, okay. okay.
0: Now, what about the legislature? Because from what I understand in the United States, it used to be the case that uh, while the House of Representatives was voted on, the Senate was not.
1: Well, that's not entirely correct. The Senate no? was uh, voted on by the state legislature oh, mm, itself. Gotcha, yes. So, yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, the founding fathers read the same books that I do when I'm talking about this. Uh, it's about government by the one, the few, and uh, the all. And the idea was that the few, uh, in this case, would be the senators. They would be the collective speed bump to any bad ideas coming through the House of Representatives. So, I have a similar idea, but it's why I. But I think that it should be more of like a house by experts, a house of experts, so to speak. You know, just like a legislative body of statisticians, philosophers, and obviously through my own bias, e- economists.
2: How do you get those people to stop doing their professions like static? Ah, here They're it all comes. They're in their fields doing their work. I mean, a lot of them are represented by politicians, which I agree politicians can be very corrupt and dirty. But like, how do you get those people to, to stop doing their jobs and that are improving the world to become politicians?
1: Well, keep in mind. If I go to like uh, the Harvard, uh, you know, Department of Economics or whatever, and I go to their top professor and I say, look, you'll be one of 100 people that's going to have a lifetime appointment to this legislative body, and you're going to use your expertise to influence every piece of legislation. Th- the vast majority of the people like that want their expertise to be used. They want their legacy and they want, you know, publishing. They want to be remembered. And that's a way to get remembered. That's definitely how you get that. And the second part of that would be high salaries.
3: Okay. How how much are we paying these people?
1: Well, I mean, a million dollars a year, that's like pennies on a national budget. Like, keep in mind, we have a $4 trillion per year in federal spending. We can afford to have 100 people live in luxury.
3: Okay. Um, Yeah, sure. Why not?
0: No, well, if you were to dig deeper into here, uh, what problem would you see would come up if something like that was uh, uh, legislated?
1: You asking me, or?
0: Oh, no, I'm asking uh, Chud Logic. Oh, and by the way, we are going to be doing super chats at the end. I know I'm a major shill, but everybody sneed your super chats. We're going to do those at the end. But yeah, Chud Logic, what do you yeah, think? Sorry, about- what? Yeah.
3: What did you say? I didn't hear the question go again.
0: Oh, sure, sure. Okay, so the question was what exactly do you see as being the potential problem with that kind of legislative system? Because you were like, oh, okay, but uh, it almost feels like there is a part of you that wants to push back or see some kind of a potential problem with having that kind of system, or are you satisfied with that? Well,
3: well, no, I mean, obviously, you know, I just, um, I think the idea of paying these people a, a million dollars per year seems like I mean, it's a lot of money. I mean, maybe it could be afforded within the government budget or something like that. Um, but yeah, so we, so basically what it is, so basically you're saying you're going to give a lifetime appointment to someone and they're a philosopher, economist, whatever. They get a lifetime appointment of 100 people here. They all get paid a million dollars per year until they die. Um, and they basically make a decision about whatever policy they want to, but there's no outside influence. So they're not lobbied by anyone. They just come to the de- determination based on their own perspectives, right?
1: That's the general idea.
2: Okay. How do you choose these people? Well, so, yeah, yeah I mean,
1: in the initial beginning of the system, you're going to have problems. It's the same thing as who do you choose for sovereign? It has to be like, it has to be just choosing these people moderately, arbitrarily based off, well, not arbitrarily, but but based off, you know, standing in academia, they're standing in you know, how many things have they published? How notable are they in their field? Uh, after after that, you know, once people start dying off, um, I'm thinking you can up- have these people appoint themselves, sort of. You know, have them vote on who will take the seat of whoever just died. And uh, I, I had also thought of, you know, like, you can... These people you could more or less remove. Like, if, say, your lower house uh, votes two-thirds to remove a particular member of that house, that's something... That's a system that's more or less... That works.
3: Yeah, I, I guess. So, so, I mean, you'd have to have some sort of means to uh, appoint these people initially. How much are you going to how much are we going to pay those people that are appointing them? <laughs> it is a good yeah, question.
1: That, yeah, yeah, that's a decent question. I mean, like what I was focused on with this video was getting, you know, a stable system that like it's it's.
3: Uh, i I feel bad because it's like your ideas and equilibrium equilibrium,
1: you know an equilibrium right you know once you get to this local equilibrium you don't have you're not going to be moved around much in any other direction you know it's like a little grunge point but uh how you get there that's not the focus of the video so to speak and
3: yeah yeah sure i feel like you know you put this video out and i've watched it and i watched it also this about there and then we're just here kind of you know trying to pick it apart and stuff um yeah, it feels a bit one-sided, but
0: no, I th- I think what would be a uh, more uh, uh, no, more balanced like here it. is not to uh, pick it apart, but to see what certain aspects of it do need to be uh, brought to the fore as something that is a uh, tangible thing that we can work on.
3: Sure, like for I, yeah, I mean well, I, that's kind of the conversation we're having, I guess, and and, and the pitfalls. Um, I just, I just find it, you know, obviously conceiving of like a way that we can run the government is, is fine as is like a theoretical concept. Um, but I just, yeah, I guess my perspective is just beyond being able to implement it or thinking about a path forward to put it, put it in place, um, you know, and, and apply that to any sort of lefty that talks about some sort of communist revolution or some shit. Like it's, it's fucking delusional. You know, I think if you look at the circumstances of most people in America, um, people are, Generally, I think quite happy with their, their lot in life, and I don't think people have a fervor for, you know, really fundamental, massive change. I think most people are happy with like an incremental progress forward, you know, whatever well, that may look like. Sp- for the person. Speaking
0: speaking of the progress forward, what I've noticed from just the facts, which is very refreshing, is that you are by no means a doomer and a gloomer. A lot of your videos talk about the emerging technology, Elon Musk, space lasers, things of that nature. And I think that it is very refreshing because a lot of people who talk about there uh, being a monarchy or some kind of a system where the leader is not going to be influenced by special interests, at the same time, they bemoan the present and they talk about how corrupted and degenerate everything is today and they don't see any light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to especially anything technological. So in that way, I think you really do stand out and do give us a lot of hope
1: well i think you've kind of got it backwards just a bit because uh i'm more addressed that stuff to people who are uh absolutely excited like hell yes it's gonna collapse billions (laughs) will die i will be the warlord and institute my new ideology over everyone and i'm not being optimistic so much as i'm telling those people to be a bit more pessimistic like don't assume that the system is going to collapse. and they're, Yeah, but their
0: optimism is our pessimism, you could say. So I understand what you're saying, but it's like, of course, they they'd like it, they think that they like it, just like the commies think that they're going to be, you know, the farty officials and will tell everybody else what to do. I
1: mean, it, it's it's more that I'm saying, like, you know, even if that were the case, even if, you know, hypothetically you could become a warlord in the warlord era America, you know, after the collapse or something, you, you got to you would have to put in the work to make that happen. Because right now, where things are, if you look at the trends Alliance, we're not headed towards a collapse. We're not probably even headed towards a notable depression-type economic downturn. And I think that the number of people that just think it's all headed towards collapse... Like, I'm on Twitter a lot. You know, I have this lurking alt where I follow people, and I just you see people take it as just a foregone conclusion that it is going to collapse. Like it is going to happen. And yet I don't think so. it's just not where the trends are going.
2: You know what I think is a genius thing that it's given. We don't even rec- realize how amazing, how great this is, is. case law. We have this system of case law where things can change socially and uh, incrementally through case law. When something happens to somebody, they go to the Supreme Court. They have a, you know, a landmark case, and now that becomes this the law of the land. That's how you get pro. I think the case law thing it gets um, we take it for granted how important it is, and that's what, how you get pro. You can get a lot of progress from that. that if that that made sense? I think I butchered that, but
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, yeah. I think I see where you're, you're coming from far. with that. Oh, I'm getting some feedback from somewhere. Oh. oh, not really sure where. But uh,
0: anyway, when it does come to your no, view, wait, wait, oh, sorry. Yes. No, I had a
3: response. Okay, go for the response. Yes. Okay, sorry. Right. What I wanted to say is this. Okay. Yes. On on both, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the big brain center of shit. But on <laughs> both sides, you know, the far left and the far right, or wherever that may be, there's definitely people who see some sort of like you know day of the rope or revolution you know they see it as like almost like a rapturous event and it's almost like religious to these people they kind of diligently follow this idea that the day is going to come that something is going to happen to bring about the end of current civilization and a new civilization is going to civilization is going to come in its place and you know i think that is very antithetical to like any material analysis you do of the world um and i think that there's just the structure and system we live under is very good at self-correcting and it's very good at correcting for the mistakes that happen um and I just think anyone out there who truly believes we're on the verge of some sort of dreadful collapse in the West is just absolutely fucking delusional. Um, and, you know, it's a lot of Twitter larping. you know, thinking, you know, yeah, I'm gonna be, you know, the chief, the chief manufacturer of, of fucking, you know, uh, military clothing for the Red Army after the thing, <laughs> or, you know, I'm gonna be like a fucking warlord of Chicago, you know, I'm gonna reintroduce Sometimes slavery. and I a bunch of black people. I tell you how to survive the apocalypse yeah mm. exactly exactly and you know i just think that that kind of mm. thinking is just it's funny cause it,
2: it, it, lo- it sounds a lot like the christians with, with what they say about the rapture yeah. and all that. It's, it's very yeah. similar it's, it's funny. well
0: what I think will happen is we are going to have VR devices that people are going to wear where the communists will get to live out their dream as a card carrying <laughs> member of the United States Communist Party and you know the uh, Baptist is going to live out their dream with a traditional anime furry waifu you know riding on the horse with them and everybody you know the Christians are going to get theirs and everybody's going to get theirs so that is though a problem that I see approaching now I don't know uh, just the facts, what you think about this aspect of it. If we get too comfy as far as having any desire that we want fulfilled through a, VR, a virtual reality device, how do you think that is going to change society? Is this something I'm over overthinking?
1: Uh, you're definitely not overthinking. Is, oh, it's impossible to overthink this because this is such a huge thing. Like, Where do we end up with like Neuralink? Like when everyone, like when it's basically cyberpunk 2077, but real, when in your brain, you can link to the internet. What happens when every person gets, you know, a thousand IQ supplemented through a chip in their brain? Uh, what happens when we get, you know, biological uh, immortality? You know, people are talking about the end of aging now as a more concrete thing. Like we understand that now better than we ever have. And we're seeing more and more progress in that direction we are going to see massive technologically driven social revolutions within this century. And anyone that looks to previous centuries as an example for what's going to come next is really missing the mark, whatever we're going to see in the future. It's not going to be like what we've seen before. And VR will definitely be a part of that. And escapism as that increases, as people try to avoid, you know, in some ways the boredom of what's going on in the world today, it's, People are going to seek more imagined conflicts and more petty stuff just to drive that search for meaning. You know, like back in a few centuries ago, you would have had a clan war today. You have a Twitter war. It's, it's just a dramatic shift.
3: I think as as well, you, you see the, uh, the endless commodification of every single aspect of our lives to insane degrees. Um, you know, even, even aspects of our personal lives now are commodified to like a very fine degree. Um, and I think I think that is very placating for a lot of people. You know, you can just spend money to get whatever base desire you wish fulfilled. Um, and I think I think people just are kind of kind of fairly happy with how their lives are, and they're just not, you know. Mm.
0: To uh, tie this back into the government question, though, and then I'm gonna the let. Le- oh, oh, okay. The
2: technology Good. thing. I think we we get so scared about it, but like, I mean, this was all. This, is, this has always been a fear people have had, even before computers and the internet what's going to happen when the internet comes, everyone's going to have too much information. It's going to be chaos, but really these are tools that help us. And I think that it's just inevitable. It's part of human evolution. It's going to happen. We will adjust to it. It's just going to, it's just mm. our nation. I, adjust to
1: things. So I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. This is the reason I'm anti-Luddite. Uh, and this is the reason, you know, I'm against Ted Kaczynski, despite, you know, again, you know, I'm going to lose 10,000 subscribers <laughs> for that. But the point is, Yeah, it's inevitable. Uh, Luddites always lose. Uh, But it is going to cause tremendous upheaval because if you look at how the agricultural revolution changed things, if you look at how the industrial revolution changed things, obviously these are going to be massive upheavals that leave a lot of people behind and create new societies that look nothing like the ones that came before. And I think this new one that's coming with uh, the end of aging and uh, Neuralink and stuff like that, is going to be up there with uh, that previous stuff. I mean, anyone that's looking at stuff like uh, collapses and warlord eras and civil wars and states seceding is not looking in the right direction. They're looking at the past when they should be looking at the future. Is
0: it fair to say that people are getting stupider? No.
1: People are losing their attention spans, I think. And this is, well, I mean, the two are linked because if you look at the sort of content that people consume, you know, we've gone from like long blog posts to short uh, YouTube videos to tweets and TikToks. You can't like, if I get the same dopamine from a 60 second TikTok or a 10 second to read tweet as I do from a long video essay. And if I can pack the information that much smaller, you know, I'm losing my attention span. I can't read about something in depth. And then that creates consequences where it's difficult to absorb new information Serious new information, and I think that's happening on a societal scale.
2: But I also think that if you look at, you know, we still have the same brain capacities we had a thousand years ago. We're are are we're using it in different ways, though. So even if, if we are losing, let's say, our ability to like pay attention longer, we're probably using that somewhere else. Like the people who lived in ten thousand BCE can survive outside and hunt and do what they have to do, and and we couldn't. We if we went back in time, we would be we'd be screwed. We would have no idea what we were doing. We'd be killed, eaten by a line in seconds. We'd be stupid compared to them. But we're in a different time now, and our intelligence is still, it's, it's pretty much the same brain uh, capacity, but we're just using it in different areas. So that's just how it, that's just how it naturally is, I think. I, w-
1: I would disagree because you're talking about uh, a different set of ideas right now, as opposed to a different way of processing information more fundamentally. If you're talking about like someone right now who's studied survivalism and such in a the same way that you would study it for like the past few centuries, you know, through books and through really practice and stuff like that, you take them back then they'll probably do. Okay. You take someone who's more modern and they absorb information in a more short form manner. They are more used to short form content. They're going to do more poorly in any situation, like academic situation, whatever. They're not going to be able to understand stuff as in depth. And it's a fundamental change because you're going from, The way we've done things from now or until now is like long form. You know, we read books. We take long practice over years to really develop our talents. Whereas in the modern day, it's just I read a very short period of information. I read short information and then I move on. Uh, My attention span is lower and I can't develop a skill in the same way. And I think that's fundamentally concerning.
0: Do you also think, and I want to get Chad Logic's uh, uh, opinion in this as well, do you also think that the short attention span is going to change the system of government that
3: uh, uh, people are going to be in? Um... I don't know. I I think, I think that as this stuff kind of fit, I mean, I think there is a lot of distractions that exist now. I think if you look, say, you know, in the fifties and sixties, it probably was more common that people would stay more abreast of like the news, they'd buy a newspaper, they'd read up on what's going on. They'd have more takes on the politics and stuff like that. I think now there's so much fucking gunk that fills our mind from social media. You know, there's fucking TikTok hashtags about people with fake disassociative the identity disorder or fucking some celebrity trash you know i think this stuff kind of fills everyone's brains and you know, there just isn't. Mm. People feel like they don't have time to look at this stuff, and in some cases, that's true. They're working, they've got families and stuff like that. But you know, I think a lot of this short attention span stuff just means people get pushed towards stuff that fits that format better, which is kind of schlocky bullshit. You know, not substantive, meaningful things. Mm. So I think we're going to see, as time goes on, people are probably going to become less and less interested in in politics. Um, but right. as
0: far as those who are interested in one big concern that I have about both like the online, you know, far right and the far left is that if you are somebody who develops an audience, and this is also why I'm a big fan of all three of you uh, guys here, because I've noticed that people who lean on one very specific direction. When they start getting followers, the followers start to reinforce certain things that yeah. they then have to double down on, and as a result, it's way harder to find like a nuanced yeah. opinion on yeah. any topic.
2: Like H three, H three.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is yeah. a classic thing of an ideologue, right? It's like obviously, you know, Destiny and Nick frentez have been talking recently, which has caused much conversation. But the reality is, you know, Nick frentez can't come out and say, even if he genuinely changes his mind on a position, yeah. he is financially invested now. Uh, the point of having a business uh, well uh uh, nick uh,
0: nick fuentes uh, cannot come out but anyway
3: (laughs) wait what does that mean
0: (laughs) no sorry sorry go ahead it's a joke okay it's a goof well
2: he actually there's there's a screenshot of one of his videos where he pulls up his he's he's sharing his screen on the internet and he's looking at. Tea porn? Yes. But, you know,
1: I, I, think, oh, I you think- better be- watch how your YouTube channel's days are numbered. Uh-oh. He's
3: about
0: about now. <laughs> talk about spilling <laughs> the tea.
3: But I, th- I think, you know, I think, but, the, the, you know, there's this concept of uh, this idea of like platform capitalism, um, which is essentially where platforms like YouTube, etc., give us our digital landers to, to operate on. You know, we're pseudo-surf essentially operating on, you know, the, the good of the Lord, AKA YouTube. And I think it ends up in a position sometimes where, yeah, people are so invested in in their political opinion because their viewers and, and followers are expecting certain political takes that, yeah, you know, it's like they want it. They're the audience. They're the market for it, essentially. And people just keep pumping those takes out and they just swallow it up. So it creates this kind of feedback loop where with some people you think, you know, do you genuinely believe all of this stuff? Like it's so funny that you've got all the exact takes that your audience want you to have and that's yeah. why i really like so you know i get on well with someone you know short fat otaku mm-hmm. um i got on really well with him because you know he is willing to go against the righties in his audience and he is willing to say shit that pisses them off you know and i really respect that because you know, even though he's kind of a centrist mainly, you know, it just shows that he's not beholden to his audience and he is willing to say, no, actually, guys, I think this and I don't give a fuck what you think. This is my perspective on it. And I think that's, you know, a good sign of someone who isn't an ideologue, like someone like, say, mm. Hassan or whoever that's just selling whatever their audience
0: wants Yeah. To, yeah. And that's somebody who is able to make a a certain amount of success online. The only Mm. thing, like we were talking about h 3 A 3 for example. And when Mm. he reached a certain point right now that I don't know if he would have been able to reach, if he would have been, you know, slightly more, you know, uh, slightly more like what he was in the past. It almost seems like he had to let a lot of those... uh, uh qualities go for the sake of appealing to the hollywood crowd that he's in with right now so yeah. if we are talking about mass appeal whether we're talking about trump whether we're talking about whichever politician is going to sp- aoc by the way you know she's not going anywhere and she was by the way just the facts on your uh tier of like the what was that called like manipulators the people- tier.
1: i said that she was yes. a pretty good manipulator anyways uh one thing that i would slightly push back on is okay. I mean. You got, again, someone like Destiny who's willing to absolutely die on the hill of saying the N-word. And he still makes up a has a very good audience of leftists, and he'd probably be a much more notable force. I mean, he's been around a long time. He still has a very large audience. He would probably be a much more notable force if he never discovered Twitter and didn't, you know, shitpost there like he has. But I mean, you there absolutely is a room for non-ideological or non-totally ideological people on YouTube and other platforms. And I think he's proven that.
3: Um okay, I, I, I see where you're coming from. I guess I would just be say it's like a comparative thing because whilst Destiny does you know normally get between sort of three, five, six, ten k viewers, on, on like a good day, if he's covering something crazy, he's had a lot covering the Twitch drama recently. But um in any case, I think if you compare it to someone like Hassan, who I think we agree is a hardcore ideologue, like to the to an extreme degree, like you can know one of his political takes, and every single one falls into line exactly as it should. You know, boom, 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 boom. So you know, I think he garners a massive audience because he just kind of stakes it out. And I think the reason that people like that get a such a big audience is because. People can go there and they're just going to hear what they want to hear. They're not really going to be challenged significantly, you know, they're just going to go. Sorry, go on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I get that. Um, I think that's more down to networking rather than anything else. You know, Hassan Mm. is not a massive artist who absolutely sets off massive wars against completely everyone, you know, and doesn't say the most outrageous stuff on Twitter. Uh, So I would say, yeah, that's, that's the difference right there.
3: Yeah, sure. Um, but I, I agree with you that, you know, I do think there is definitely room for more kind of nuanced perspectives and um, uh, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah.
0: Sure. Yes. Yeah, so uh, going back to the original uh, theme, which is going through just the facts as uh, ideal government video, we've covered the legislature, we've covered uh, having a uh, descendant So all that, I think we understand where we're at. As far as democracy itself goes, as far as the people go, the uh, plebiscite, I don't really know what the right word for it is, the House of Representatives, I guess, would exist today. What would be the way that you would handle that?
1: I have said before, you know, a thousand people from, like, districts of equal population and uh, ranked uh, choice voting. You know, it's a a simple thing. Representing the people is not difficult. You know, a standard parliament system with the ranked choice voting, which is more representative, uh, that's basically just it. That's all you need. As long as you get rid of the parties, which politicize the people. So, but
3: we Hmm. talked about that. Yeah. What, what would they be like? What, what sort of things would that branch of government what, what would they do? How would, how would it, what would they be responsible for?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You need to get sort of more into the technical stuff. Um, I guess God, you just have to do like legislation in general. I mean, I haven't thought it through to the extent of, you know, oh, uh, this chamber will have power over X, Y, and Z, yeah. and then uh, this chamber will have the power to overrule them in cases Alpha, Beta, and Chi. You know, it's that's something I'll admit I haven't gotten into. Okay.
3: No, sure, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, but do, you,
0: but do you imagine that with that kind of system, we're going to have maybe more localized rule that's not going to be as affected by the federal government, or do you see the federal government having a stronger role in the... Or, the state government having a stronger role in the daily life of the people within it.
1: So I dislike the idea of, you know, state governments in general. I like municipal governments and I like national governments, but I don't like state governments or regional governments. I just feel like they breed regionalism too much and they just accelerate division in a pointless manner. What I would say is, you know, you want local governments, which can have a decent amount of money to spend and have a reasonable amount of autonomy. And people can actually be involved in them and make a difference in a way that they can't at their state level or their national level so i definitely prefer the uh approach of just having a national government and local municipal government and you don't really need an in-between
3: chad um i mean i guess it's going to depend on the size of the country i think one of the biggest legislative issues in america the biggest one of the biggest political issues in america is it's such a big fucking country so you know this is the the, 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 the why the states thing comes up right because obviously what works in california isn't necessarily going to work in texas isn't necessarily going to work in whatever fucking state different exists on interests. the other side
2: different interests
3: yeah exactly so i i think that it i probably it would be more more reasonable to think that just effects political concept could come into effect if you and, and you could have it set up in that way, if you were to split America up in a certain way, so as you didn't have such a you know wide and disparate um, group of, of of states and people trying to work under one unified banner, but again, I'm not sure how well that would go down with people. But if well, uh,
1: if oh go yeah. on, what, what what I would say is that's why you give power to you know local municipal governments because you know what's what works in California Northern California doesn't work in necessarily Southern California. So that's, I would divide it even further and, you know, remove remove the idea of like a political division within, you know, the nation, because you're not going to defy the whole country for the sake of your municipality, but you are going to work within your municipality to improve things in a way that you might get detached from it at the state level. And one thing that I had as an idea was, you know, we could have municipalities sort of join quasi states as like short term things, you know make it so that every municipality can uh, join or leave a state as they like. And, you know, a voluntary association with its own legislature and um, its own rules, but uh, the municipalities can leave as their identities shift sort of. But on that, on the other hand, that sort of legitimizes division across the whole nation, which is not something you want to do.
2: I was going to, I was going to say that there's, I mean, we have it set up where, if just ma- imagine if there was a one world government right without any states just like a giant one country with one leader i mean this would be terrible like how would you people just speak different people have different languages people have different interests people have different ideas now that's a, that's on a large scale that's on a macro scale but if you you know bring it down to like the region of north america for example united states canada even in that area of land you're going to have people who are you're going to have farmers in the middle of the country. You're going to have city people over here. You're going to have this people. So the idea of having states divided up to protect people's state interests, I think is just the natural, the, the most, um, the, the best way to do it. You know? Do you think that states
0: would have more of an ability to get things done as far as having enough resources to get it done, as opposed to the smaller munis- municipalities. Would that be a good argument for the states? And just the facts, I don't know if you would reject that or not.
1: Uh, right. Well, that was addressed to two people, but I'm the only one talking. So, uh, yeah, that could be a reasonable argument, which is why you could have you know, more voluntary states that you would join uh, to get access to those resources, but they would shift over time so that you don't get a solidified natural power with permanent protections, because that is the sort of thing that tends to lead towards sectarianism and stuff like that. And I just think if it's more fluid, if like uh, a municipality could join state A one year and state B the next, you know, maybe that's uh, better for the overall cohesiveness of the nation and also getting them the resources they need. But I mean, keep in mind, municipalities that don't have a lot of wealth won't need a lot of wealth uh, to catch up. And even if you have regionalism, you can still have the central government uh, address particularly dilapidated regions like the Tennessee Valley Authority and such.
0: Hmm. So uh, one thing that we did not get to Is military and this would be the last part that you were not really addressing in that video but I think it is an important part of it like I recall Starship troopers where they had that law that only citizens who uh, only citizens are people who uh, serve in the military and they're the only ones who can vote what would be your take on what would make a good military for the best government we could possibly have as far as who gets in how it functions all that stuff
1: so I think right now like if you look at the militaries of the world, they've mostly abandoned conscription because when you saddle a military with people who do not want to be there, things go poorly for them. You know, every single time, like you try and send uh, convicted people, you have given the option of prison or the Marines, they go to the Marines, bad things happen for them and the Corps. So mm-hmm. it's just bad in general. You want a volunteer based system and you don't want to lock things uh, behind service, strictly speaking. I mean, Uh, maybe you do need pay increases. I mean, currently you have soldiers on food stamps, so that's not a good situation. Uh, But, you know, you probably want like uh, maybe for higher honors, like if we gave every medal of honor recipient, like a couple billion dollars, you know, you could afford that within the current system of having trillions of dollars to spend. No, really because a billion dollars is just one quarter of a thousand of what we spend. We could afford to really reward people for their valor, so to speak. And so, I mean, that's something you could do. But I think broadly speaking, America's figured out how to have an effective military. I mean, you hear a lot of horror stories, but that's only because of the transparency. In other places, without transparency, it's Mm. even worse. It's because of the
0: uh, transparency.
3: But anyway, go on.
0: Oh, Sorry, we're getting, I had oh my to.
3: God! We get into the trans discourse. Um, uh, I okay, not. no, we don't have two, so good. Listen, we all to, listen. The, the, the fucking TOS is like an eye of Sauron. Even for me as a lefty, I'm like, I don't want to talk about the fucking trans stuff. Uh, I, I just anyway. don't want
1: to get like pigeonholed into one side or the other. It's like you know, if I start mm. talking about that, it'll be like, aha, uh-huh, so now you're on our side. All right, now talk about oh bummer. Mm. I don't, I don't want that one. It's,
0: Indeed. No, I would just, I would just say it like this: that. The people who are complaining about today's military and look towards the Russian military, for example, I think that they've already proven that they are full of uh, that they're full of shit because there is no comparison whatsoever as far as how the Russians are doing things compared to the Americans, regardless of anything that they perceive as being sort of weakening or having lower standards as far as admissions. Like I heard certain things about that from a friend of mine who's in the army right now where he said that in order to accommodate female soldiers, they had to lower uh, the uh, standard for certain physical uh, exercises for certain training, and that's not great, I don't but think you were... You, you what? You don't Probably. think that's true? No. Well, okay, I'm going to have to uh, check back with him and see if he can well, give me some proof.
1: Female soldiers have always had different standards from male soldiers. Like, if you look at PT tests, and you can just Google this very easily, you'll see there's a female standard for how many push-ups you have to do and a male standard. So, you know, that's... I don't know how much that is. Uh, I think other, I think
0: his point was that all the standards were lowered. Let me find oh, that message from him. My, okay.
1: uh, here's one thing that uh, might be interesting in that regard. You know, back in the Iraq global war on terror era, you had uh, the military couldn't see your medical records. They were sealed. So, you know, you could just lie and say you didn't have any conditions. And uh, as long as they didn't come out, like it wasn't a physical condition, you'd be fine. But in the modern era, they have access to everything. So if you were on antidepressants for a couple months, a couple years ago, you know, diagnosed depression. uh, Sorry, you know, you've completely beaten this, uh, but gone. Uh, Now it's I mean, so that's an increased standard. And I don't know that goes against it, I guess.
2: Yeah, it's actually just there was just the standards for women itself that went down, not all of them. But they were trying to have more women become soldiers. I mean, I don't see a problem with that more women being soldiers doesn't make the aren't doesn't make the um people on the top who are like really doing shit get worse for some reason it's just having more people and more jobs it's just having what, any th- more th- th-
3: this, is, this is the thing right people people were comparing the ad campaigns of like the russian military mm, and yeah. the u.s military right all that gay shit that they were doing for the u.s military is not indicative of the structure of what the u.s military is like okay that's just fucking advertising because clearly they want more fucking queers in the army okay, okay? okay. like that much is obvious right i think the truth is that you know the american military is renowned around the world rightly so for being a very well-oiled slick machine and it's got a fucking shitload of funding as well right. um, and i just want to say i'm not sure so the funny the thing is you say you studied economics i just find it surprising that someone who studied economics admittedly i don't know much about the field would suggest that you could make a billionaire out of medal of honor recipients like you know you keep pointing to government spending and yes i agree government spending is high but government spending is high because they're spending it on things that they feel that they need to spend money to for the benefit of the country right um broadly speaking that's the mentality so they put a lot of money into the military because they offer something back protection for the state you know pursuing foreign policy goals whatever but if you just give a billion dollars to some medal of honor recipient like they've just got a billion dollars then like what is that how does that benefit the country
1: Well, I mean, it uh, it benefits more the military because it you know promotes the idea that you care about this sort of heroism that that sort of and it and it presents it as an ideal to society. Like, it's not easy to become a billionaire in this society. You either have to really work hard, or and now you're creating another path to it. You display this sort of transcendental valor that uh, you you're willing to sacrifice and risk your life for your fellow soldiers. You know, you show all society that you value that. I mean, you make a difference. On a societal level, and uh, another thing I would say, uh, this comes from a uh, friend of mine, Darjeeling. So shout out! You're getting mm. the point of those commercials wrong. Uh, it's not to show we want more gays in the military or whatever. It's to show um, Democratic Congress, you know, we agree with your ideals. We agree with your ideals. Now please give us uh, 10 trillion more dollars for NGA. You know, just stuff yeah. like that. Give us yeah. a lot of money, please. I can see uh, that. We're, we're displaying That's our
0: loyalty. Just to be clear about my friend by the way what he wrote was that the testing standards in general have decreased so just so you know i don't have any problem at all with having more women in the military my problem is that don't lower the standards for people who have to do specific things for people who have to have a specific level of strength it doesn't matter if it's a man or woman or whatever who would go in there the point is that that still has to be the same if there are certain positions that don't require that level of strength that's a different story but uh, that's why I'm not seeing that as being that good. Hopefully, it's going to change, and it's a temporary thing right now. Sure, but the,
3: but the point is, you can't judge a military on the back of whatever advertising campaign it's running. Sure, like, no, I, I agree you know, there. That, I guess that was my yeah. more fundamental point. I mean. But the point is is like the russian military adverts obviously appeals to very masculine aspects which is probably linked to like russian culture or something i guess but like you know i don't know the reality on the ground but from accounts it seems like russia are getting fucked pretty hard in ukraine so you know it doesn't really seem to line up with these masculine adverts that they're putting out you know no it doesn't and another thing that they do is they bring in
0: people who are from the outlying parts of russia people who are from the boonies basically who don't have basic uh creature comforts that we're used to. So one of the things they do is they would steal the washing machines and the dryers and they would steal all the stuff that they themselves don't have in their hometown from Ukraine and uh, escape out of there. That is the reason why, you know, there's all that looting going on.
1: One of the things I would say is, yeah, there's absolutely, you know, the technology and the experience and the doctrine matter. And we've seen that lacking in the Russian invasion. But uh, one thing that also matters, uh, in my mind is like, why are people joined? Like, what are they motivated for? Like, if you went around and you asked, you know, uh, new trainees going through boot camp or stuff like that in America, you'd the I don't know how many people you'd find there as a percentage that were motivated by like, you know, I want to fight or I really love America or stuff like that. And most of them would probably just say, you know, I'm here for the free college. I'm here for whatever. Uh, it's... And that does create a different level of combat competence, I guess. Maybe I mean it, it I, I, don't, like, I don't think it works I mean, for the Russians though. Yeah, that's also true for the Russians, keep in mind. But like how you advertise is what you attract to a certain extent. So it matters to a certain extent, but it doesn't matter to the extent that like some pro-Russian podcasters would have to think about.
0: Sure. But it does go back to the idea, I think, of the elites having a role in setting a certain tone for society, where, for example, on 4chan, a lot of uh, people like to write about how they believe that the advertising that they see today, all the woke stuff, that this is just demoralization and it's it's intentional. I personally don't see it that way. I see it as people wanting to make money and thinking this is the best way to make money at the moment. But uh, when it does come to that role of motivating people, of having a good morale in society, What role do you think the elites should uh, play in that? And would it really work today when we have the internet and it's just mostly lowest common denominator crap that most people are going to be entertaining in the first place? They were not going to have any patience for listening to some fucking uh, George Washington speech or whatever. Like, do you see some, uh, you know, just what do you think of
3: that? Okay, when we say the elites, which particular elites are are we discussing? Let's get, let's cut to the chase. (laughs)
0: Sure. I mean, I would say all the way from like the people like Rockefellers, for example, to people who are in positions of power in various cultural institutions. Are we talking about the Jews? No, no we're not talking no because f- first of all if uh, i don't want to go on that tangent i've had enough with the previous person who i've had on uh, with
3: btr gnostic you know what
2: i'm talking about here
3: well, but that's no. probably
2: why chud thought you were going there you might you might have a reputation of that now And not not even- no,
3: no, listen no i'm just i'm just fucking around okay i just want to be a good man yeah. but you've had some anti Semite going before of you and it's caused some problems yeah,
2: yeah, right. yeah no and that's that's a problem people actually think that like there's some like zionist cabal behind the scenes pushing it's just complete it's flat earth shit really, really. the way that
0: i being a fellow uh, man with the small hat even though i'm not wearing it it's invisible my hat is on me it's just invisible right now the way that i would say it is i think that especially in an urban environment with the culture that's prevalent right now and that's been prevalent uh, back in the 30s with stalinism for instance you would have intellectuals who would advocate for really shitty policy and if you were an intellectual who would be the outsider you would be frowned upon and you would be excluded from most of the intelligentsia circles that's the way it used to be right now with the internet that's not the case so when people see competent people from certain demographics rising up the ranks what they fail to see are all the people who have absolutely zero to do with them but would never even be able to go into the room and talk with them because they would not be welcome. That's the position that I find myself in and other people who are of my ethnicity, for example, who are very much against a lot of this woke stuff. And there are people right now like Barry Weiss, for instance, and others who are starting to rise up against this. And I am noticing more people speak up. So my hope is that that perception that people have on the Internet will start to change over time but it's important just to have an open discourse about it. Like, that's why I don't even care about any of the anti-Semitic stuff that would get posted because people always want to pin all their problems on a scapegoat. And it is important to have all those things be addressed. But anyway, that's just my little little rand, little spiel about that whole thing.
3: No, no, that's cool. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, the thing is, is like, the, the intelligentsia, the elite, like they are legitimate in terms of, you know, they've studied something and they've come to some understanding. I, I think that there is like, man, I don't know if this would even get me in trouble here with my peers at my, I think there's been a watering down of like what, inte- what the intelligentsia is, you know, and look, I'm all up for having like a conversation about gender or whatever it may be, but I think that having these codified sometimes in like formal um, education structures you know, it becomes a bit Mickey Mouse for my liking. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, there's definitely this tendency, this kind of liberal academia tendency now, where there's this very kind of elitist attitude that people have, people look down upon. And if you don't go along with like, you know, whatever the conception is, you know, if you don't think that, you know, classical music is, is white supremacist or some shit, you, know, you kind of look down upon as being a bit of a fool, a bit of an idiot or something. And, you so- know, some of these concepts and stuff that people will just look at and go, this is fucking stupid. I don't think that's pre- reasonable. Anyway, sorry. Well, go on well, a bit of tangent
1: here. Just a go for side note, and then I'll get back to that. First, a side note. Uh, I would like to call out Twitch chat for being completely dead. There's 61 of you and 63 people on the YouTube chat, but YouTube chat is giving us all the comments and all the super chats. So
3: I think that's because follower only mode is on.
1: Yeah, that's your audience, Chad. I mean, they're just disappointing. No, anyways, <laughs> follower
3: only mode is on. Okay, don't worry. It's all good.
1: Yeah, anyways. Uh, so <laughs> uh, thank I
3: you. Mean,
1: thank uh, you. The. Um, What are they? The uh, academia has done uh, reasonably intelligent things recently. Like uh, when the 1619 project was completely discredited by the historian academia institutions, that was, in my view, a pretty good demonstration of the decent degree of integrity that they still have
2: yeah I, I think stuff should be interrogated sure you yeah know? And, no I, I agreed about i agree with you on that like the 16 like we're, we're trying it's it looks like people are trying to like blame people for things that we have no control over in the past and sort of bring it up to the forefront even before this was even considered the united states like and so academia did its job the debate debated that thing out got to a uh a decision about it and yeah that's that's how it should be done i agree with that
0: But this is also why I think, or at least I hope, that a lot of the people in the Ivies, they are just uh, LARPing. They are pretending to have certain points of view for the present time, just so they're not going to be persecuted by people who would do the equivalent of flinging their own shit at you. That, I think, is the situation a lot of people in academia find themselves in because a lot of them are scared. A lot of them are scared of saying anything that would be contrary to, you know, they would be scared of saying anything that would get them in trouble by a loud minority of uh, blue haired people online. And sure. at a certain point, I don't blame them, but I think that there are people, you know, I've met people who are within these much more elite circles who went to really prestigious schools. And they're not really fans of this stuff. They know that they're under a lot of pressure. I think they do get a good talking to from their family about what it means to be a leader, what it means to run the world. (laughs) And uh, I doubt that they take a lot of, like, I doubt the Skull and Bones people take a lot of the woke stuff seriously. But I think that they're putting on a certain image just right now, just like people would put on the image of being a fan of the USSR and Stalin, you but know, think, during the 30s a lot of
2: this woke boogeyman stuff, can be a straw man. People take the worst. They found the worst people like the libs for TikTok, libs on TikTok, Twitter page, whatever. They find the worst example of some person, some of them you don't even know if it's legit or not. It just could be somebody just pretending to be a lip Who knows? I'm just saying. But what I'm saying is a lot of this stuff becomes a straw man. It doesn't. These people don't represent the majority of people on the left. They're not. Everybody doesn't have this insane mentality of like, you know. What what people think of that, and, and the same thing can be said about people on the right. I can find uh, Kenneth Copeland and be like, "Look, look at this Kenneth Copeland guy. This is all right wingers are Kenneth Copeland. Like it's just it's just it's it's pointless to do that." I think.
1: One thing I, that I would I, say mm-hmm. to Lev's earlier point about you know the elites and the Skull and people is you know if you look at yeah. society, you see that the old elite, the country club, the Wasp, is dying off, and they're sort of losing their power and the social structures that people will be raised through those old boston brahma people they're they're going away i mean so i don't know what you're going to see emerge as the natural wealth-based aristocracy but that's another social structure that we're seeing uh leave us and that's Mm. Wait, why why do you think they're
0: going away, though? Is it like uh, the birthing rates or what exactly would attribute them to not being as prevalent as they were before?
1: I mean, you just see more people, more power coming to people that come from outside these institutions. They come from more urban backgrounds like and uh, through the think tanks, through the uh, actual positions in Congress and such, you see more outsiders to the standard, you know, oh, I'll go to this particular prep school and then go through a particular Ivy and then arrive at my position in power. I mean, you see those sort of pathways becoming less and less relevant. And they're still there. But, I mean, the Boston yeah. Brahma, Brahman and all that are less powerful. I mean, you look at Silicon Valley. That's a large amount of wealth that uh, doesn't come from any you know, old money institution. And so it's important to realize that the balance of power is shifting away from – the institutions that were designed to cultivate people to handle power well and new institutions are going to have to come up to sort of groom people for success in that way uh and we're not seeing that yet
0: that's a good point that you're bringing up and when it comes to a lot of the uh, technocratic people out there, it seems like we have two camps. We have like the Elon Musks of the world, and we have the—I uh, mean, he's such a meme already. But like the Klaus Schwab, you know, Great Reset World Economic Forum people. What is your take? And for everybody as well here, not just just the facts, but Chud and Gnostic, what are your takes on the Great Reset people?
3: That whole bunch. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I don't honestly. I haven't looked a lot into it. Um I think that on a very base reading, I mean, it. Uh, I don't know, man. I think people overreact to it. I think there's a lot of conspiracies that crop out around it. Um, I think that people take what is probably not that big a deal and elaborate into like, oh, they want us to live in the pod. They want us to eat the eat bugs. It's a funny meme, you know, and yeah, there's definitely some concerning things I've seen in regards to, regards to like the eating of the bugs. and shit. I'm not afraid of bugs, but I think it gets overstated and it's used to sort of, you know, back up whatever crazy bullshit conspiracy shit they want to they push. Um, but I'm sure there's some valid criticisms of it that exist. Hmm.
1: So basically the World Economic Forum is, it's not that route It's where the top economists from all over the universities in the world, they come together and they basically do what I did in that video that we were talking about earlier. They design what's the ideal economic system to maximize growth without taking into account many other considerations or, you know, uh, talking about how to get there and stuff like that, or considering, you know, the preferences of people, it's just, you know, a bunch of theory jerking, basically. And then you have some uh, heads of state who are there and they, you know, they take notes and they realize mm. oh, like, you know, maybe that a toned down version of that would be moderately useful in our society, but by no means are the levers of power decided at Davos. I mean, it's just the economists come together and they make suggestions. They talk about like, you know, this would be ideal. But you know, yep. in terms of actually translating that into what becomes real, that is not their purview. They don't have that power, and, mm. and I no think one with that, that power is listening to them totally.
2: And I think the idea of sort of wanting to re reestablish how the wealth is being passed down from you know, generational wealth being passed down from 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 generation to generation and people on the bottom are really stuck in this situation that's really hard to climb out of. The idea of addressing that, to me, is important. Whether you think that the means of getting there, you think it's equity versus uh, 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 equality of opportunity, I understand all that. that, Those are good criticisms, but I think that's still something that should be addressed and talked about and and figured out as well.
0: But the uh, problem is that Not so much the uh, people who I agree with just the facts. Uh, They like to drink a lot and to go to these conferences and schmooze, uh, but mostly I don't see their ideas as being something that's going to be implemented to the T. The problem, though, is people who may be looking at what's happening in China today, the social credit system and all that, and seeing a great potential for controlling people through that method, and how... I'm not going to say stupid, but how short attention span people are going to get to the extent that those potential technocratic elites in the future would be able to gain control and what exactly would be the way that that would be stopped. Because just the facts, one of the things that you were talking about in your video about the United States is how you were talking about Wall Street preventing there from being any offensive thing towards China because of how much uh, Wall Street relies on China. So I see in the similar vein, there being possibly certain people that would come up and try and control people through the social credit system with the help of China or whatever. I don't know. That is, again, just uh, fantasizing about certain things that may or may not happen. But how much do you see that as being a possibility?
1: I mean, in the West, we have a lot of checks and balances against stuff like that. You know, the general, the biggest check that I would have to imagine is the general, uh deadlocked nature of our legislature, something like that, you know, a big social credit system is going to be nearly impossible to get through Congress just because of how difficult it is to get anything anything meaningful through Congress. I mean, you're talking about a massive change to all society. That's a pipe dream with the current legislative system. So I wouldn't be too worried. And not to mention that it would be extremely unpopular. And I, I just don't see it happening not in america at least it may be in europe or something like that you know uh their countries like germany belgium you know maybe uh hey may, even the netherlands they got that land grab through uh their legislatures presumably i don't know if that was totally executive action or not but anyways but the point is there are some countries in europe that could do that but i don't see america doing that
0: mm, i tend to agree chad lodge do you agree agree sorry agree- sorry i miss it agree of what agree with america's political system being so hard to get something so draconian to be implemented through it that europe especially germany would be far more likely to have some kind of a social credit system being enacted as opposed to the united states i'm curious about england as well by the way since you're uh, from merry old england
3: yeah i mean you know there's, there's checks and balances that exist in our government too um so we've got like the house of lords um which actually might be somewhat getting closer to uh, what Justifax wants because in some cases it's hereditary, in some cases it's by appointment, it's not an elected body, but they have, you know, some leeway. So they can look over a bill, they can knock it back to parliament if they want to. Um, so, you know, I don't think it's quite as simple as... Uh, I, I don't know the structure of every legislative body in Europe, to be honest with you. Um, can yeah. I
2: ask you, has, has there ever been in the recent times, let's say in the last 50 years, 60 years, has yeah. the Queen ever put her hand down and stop something from happening or, or did anything political or she okay. just no. Not well, at-
1: actually there was one time technically in Australia. Uh, if I remember correctly, they, uh, they weren't able to get a budget pass. They went into government shutdown. And if I recall correctly, uh, they had the whole country basically taken over by the governor, like by a governor general. But if I, 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 I'm not, ent- I'm fuzzy on the details on that. I don't know if it happened in the last 50 years. So, that's that's my maybe tier
2: okay and the only reason I was asking because I was I'm, I'm one the more the more just effects describes his ideal government I'm I'm almost like is he is he, is he describing England right now like it sort of sounds like he is
1: the ideas that I appeal to do have basis in history that's why I cite Aristotle and you know uh the English read the Greeks uh yeah the House of Lords is definitely close to what I want but the thing is, first of all, today it's totally neutral. They haven't done anything really important in a long time. Uh, second thing I would say is it's hereditary, and I want it, you know, by like the experts, you know, government by the few is important, but I don't put stock in the idea of a broader hereditary nobility caste, sort of. But you know, it's it's definitely inspired by that, so that would be my answer.
3: Yeah, I, I guess I guess the thing is is um, you know, I, I would imagine that most certainly western nations you know the good the good the good part of the world would have um some sort of legislative um breaks that prevent stuff from just going through and becoming law um without sort of adequate checks and balances i would imagine so i think it's kind of built into every political system at this point unless you're in some fucking crazy backwards nation somewhere um i don't know maybe there you might have that
1: I mean, in practice, though, if something gets through the House of Commons, it doesn't really stop after that. Like, in theory, the House of Lords can stop things, but it doesn't do it that often. And the Queen doesn't ever do anything or the King, God save him, doesn't do anything like that. And it's just the House yeah. of Commons the Prime minister at this point, pretty much, isn't it?
3: Um, Sure. So, really- yeah. I mean, well, because there's such a big um, majority at the moment. Um, yeah. I mean. You know, they're essentially able to, to put forward pretty much any legislation they can dream up, m- mainly. I mean, you have to get all the Conservatives to get on board and not have any kind of rebel Conservative uh, members of Parliament voting against it. So if they suggested something fucking crazy that was said or, or something that was antithetical to Conservative principles, you might have a lot more rebellion on, on that front. Um, but, you know, I do think the House of Lords serves some some function. Um, I, you know, I, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you policy they've not back recently. Um Or asked to be amended, but they do—they do serve, you know, some sort of role. So I don't—I don't think it's quite as simple as you know they can just pass whatever they want, right? I think there is still a level of of checks and balance, and you know, obviously, you know, having to make sure that every conservative is voting in the same way is important too. Um, Yeah.
0: Hmm, interesting. So uh, from here, I think we're gonna go right into the super chats. And before we do so, a couple of things. Number one, Chud Logic. I've noticed that there has been an absence of movement from your very stoic wrestler avatar. Do you still have the technology to make your character move around like the furry or whoever? I don't I know. I think
3: I life. do, but um, I think I think it's been switched off this whole time. So oh, hang on He's a second. He's become a youtuber a now. <laughs> oh, it's hey, been there like that for quite quite some time. Hey, Leb,
0: before you go uh, to screen, can I share my yes, screen?
2: can I share my screen for a second? I just want to I want to show you. Abs-
0: absolutely, something. let
2: me just make sure. Yeah, tr- try and share it uh, here. Oh, here we go. I-, I made this when I was in college. I don't know if you guys are familiar with these compasses. That's uh, it. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Let,
0: let me something. let me move this so that everybody sees it. So here this we
2: go. Compass. This is my. I custom made this one. It was blank when I got it. And uh, I just – this is where I feel things line up as far as ideas. And then you can see in the middle, on the bottom, in the middle, and the greens, Neil, that's me. That's where I – I just put myself right there. Mm. <laughs> oh, the, well done. Well, the I'm... thing
1: about political compasses in general, and I used to be into sure. these for a while, like a couple of years back, is they just dramatically oversimplify things in general. Absolutely. Like there's so much more than two axes to politics. I agree. History. I
2: agree. I Are agree. you an
1: off-right or a lib-left? And it's just yeah. like, oh, God, the memes get terrible. It's just I just like, wanted put so many I just to. the colors on everything, and it's just awful. Well,
3: it's just yeah. trying to, like, categorize. Damn. It, just awful. totally shit on his idea. <laughs> nice one.
1: <What> that was years. You know, that's years held back <laughs> anger. i have <laughs> <I>, <laughs> been I, I've just seen that shit get so popular, like, hundreds of thousands of subscribers, and it's just like.
2: Well, I've seen people make those, and they're just like completely off and then just like throwing people in places where they should not be. And I just, I just felt like they come out. But I do I agree mean, that it's you, a- you said it you you had the top left is
3: start you know Stalin obviously, you know, and, and it was like uh, what did it say? It said like as as long as everyone's equal, it doesn't matter if people that's not- are poor. I'm not sure that's truly the sentiment of, like, an authoritarian... Well, no, those
2: all, I have four of those. They're all jokes. They're all Okay,
3: I saw memes. Okay, You see fine, the one
2: okay. on the bottom left. It's, we should all just live in nature. And then the, okay. The, okay. The, bottom, okay. the bottom right was, get off my lawn or I'll shoot you. Like, it's, like, complete right-wing, uh, no government, and, like, just complete, like, you know, libertarianism. Do whatever yeah, you want. You. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, those two
0: things, they could interact with each other, living in nature on your lawn and making sure nobody gets on it. But uh, we are going to go to uh, Super Chats right now. And also, I just want to thank all of you guys for being here, for doing this, Just the Facts. I would definitely love for you to come back, man. You were uh, really awesome to have on and talk. And how was your general experience of being on the stream for the first time?
1: Oh, it was great. Thanks. This is the first time I've done any sort of live collaborative stuff like this. I've had offers for debates before, but... Uh... Yeah, went pretty well. Yeah, I don't
0: even think this was a debate as much as a conversation. That sort of was
1: at some points. Some points. Some points.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's the nature of conversations. What is a conversation without any kind of contentiousness at certain points, right? That would just be boring. But anyway, we're going to go to Super Chats. Before that, everybody who is watching this, subscribe right now. Smash that subscribe button. Smash that like button. BTR is going to grow, and it's going to grow with your help. BTR is bringing everybody from the internet together who would never have a chance to speak with the other person uh, to begin with so we are popping the bubbles we're bringing sites together even though chud and just the facts had a bit of a heated exchange earlier on i think that as time went on you guys got to know each other a little bit and who knows maybe you guys are going to uh you know meet up in real life at that conference and become <laughs> the best of friends and uh and neil well, just, join to you.
3: Be you you know just the facts doesn't i mean i didn't think they were like a super hardline far right type person but uh yeah, I don't know. Like, obviously, they just got different ideas. And, oh,
0: it's um, working Yeah, there we go. Now I see your uh, wrestler uh, doing his uh, yes, breathing yes. and moves. Yes, Excellent. Sorry, all, right. Yeah. all right, all right. So, and uh, one other thing: click nice. the bell.
2: Oh, oh, look at that! The whole time that would have been sick. Oh, man. Okay,
0: next time, next time. So, listen, everybody, click the bell. The bell is extremely important for growth. And also, for all the people who are here from the Discord, Break the Rules has its own Discord server, and here is the link to the Discord server. I put it in the chat right now. Join the Discord server right now. Same for Chud's people. Join the Discord server. We're going to have a lot of great times there. Anyway, next to uh, the Super Chats, finally, we got Toucan. I wonder if he's related to Toucan Sam. Uh, Toucan, two dollars. Uh, Dark Brandon will lead us to Hyperborea. I don't know. Any comments on that? Well, speaking of Hyperborea, Hyperborea is a yeah.
2: mythological land that um, Herodotus talked about. It's supposed to be like where Germany is. They didn't know much about it, so he just made up this idea of the Hyperboreans. And there's people with one eye up there, and there's gold guarding griffins flying around. Like it was completely made yeah. up. Yeah, sounds Nietzsche sounds pretty Nietzsche chill. Uses that It says. We are hyperboreans, as is like sort of a, a polemic against the Christian world. <clears throat> yeah,
0: I imagine hyperboreans would be like just like a league of incredibly boring people that would just bore you to <laughs> death. They're like hyper boring. But anyway, no. uh, Azov, uh, I guess of the battalion, two dollars. I will, uh, I will send fifty next. If uh, just the facts, sh- sh- thug shakes on camera. Don't. What is
1: it? Th- Look, what anything okay. that comes from Azov, you can basically ignore. All right. Okay. I mean, All right,
0: all right. Well, thank you for the super chat, regardless as of. But anyway, Darjeeling Fed. Both my people,
1: by the way. For now, Uh, all right. For two, they're both mine.
0: Okay, Darje. Yeah, let's see how chud goes. This is a this is a contest. Let's see if the chud people can. uh, uh, Well, anyway, (laughs) Darjeeling Fed five uh, euros. We will establish the caliphate of facts in Agartha. Trust the plan. Another reference, Gnostic. We're going to be talking about Agartha soon, I hope. It's a very fascinating subject. The uh, inner earth, Operation uh, High Jump, all that good stuff. Admiral Byrd going in there, meeting the uh, giants. Anyway, uh, another one from the Toucan $5. Epstein <laughs> was one of the guards to heaven. Few you know this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're four right. for four. It's online.
0: Yeah, another one from Toucan. Uh JTF is Q on, by the way. All right. Uh Do you understand. Yeah, like like you said before about Azov, you I'm gonna respect you since you are here, you know, you're the guest of honor. But another two dollars from Azov, I appreciate it. Sorry, Azov, but you know, just the facts. Uh anyway. Uh Darjeeling Fed, two Euros. <laughs> Do you support Yakub and his Legion of Albinos?
3: <laughs> Oh my god, these memes are great.
0: Um. Another one from Toucan, $2. When the war starts, I will become a devout Fafcist. I don't know Fouchiest. what Fauciist. Ah. If you look at his ah. avatar,
1: it's like people have this meme now of uh, making Fauci the Giga Chad. Like, you know, <laughs> as a reaction to that stuff, like I'm hypervaxxed and stuff like that. So, interesting. Yeah, he's a By the way, we.
0: Yeah, I think we still got to be careful about that uh, particular subject for the
3: sake of the YouTube oh, algorithm. Of I don't know, but okay. Uh, let's. I mean, uh, what's the problem? They're saying we should get gigavaxed. I mean, surely they've got to be happy with getting Nova vaccinated. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right, another
0: one from the great bird, Toucan, uh, $2. Uh, see, again, like I can't say this one because of the reasons why I said, but it's basically what you just talked about. Anyway, so Toucan, another one. Uh, again. It's the same thing you were talking about. So thank you so much, Toucan, for another $2. Uh, but I have to be careful with the YouTube algorithm. Lunatic Cultist, $5. Uh, JTF is thoroughly <laughs> bug-breaking, all of you. All right. Is that, a, is that another one of your people? Many people uh, are
1: saying this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks, buddy. That is one of mine.
0: Nice. Uh, Darjeeling back at it uh, with two euros. Twitch cells be seething over YouTube (laughs) chats. (laughs) All right. And finally, two super chats from Glow in the Dark. Uh, The first one is $10. I think much of what is wrong with institutions is they're insecure and claim fame from others. An example, I would say, is they reject the great man of theory argument, yet many examples are evident. Yeah, that is something you were talking about, the great man theory. Chud, what do you think of the great man theory of history? And then I would love to hear from Gnostic in just the fact.
3: Well, I mean, you know, being, you know, largely looking at things from a Marxoid lens, I reject the concept of, uh, of that completely um i think that you know um, oh man you're
0: you're i forgot you're you're in marxism right like you're into marxism so um
3: yeah as a, as a lens of analysis yeah i don't like calling myself uh,
1: we gotta do this just the
0: facts we you you have to you have to now uh,
1: uh, not in the remaining like eight minutes you said until like i mean, you said we wouldn't go beyond two hours and we can't cover that yes. in two minutes like at some point
0: yeah okay we gotta do another we'll do one then sometime. talking yeah, about marxism cool. Okay, that would be that would be amazing. All right, but but anyway, I, I I cut you off.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, I I you know would reject the great man theory of history. I think that history would largely proceed as we've seen, um, with with different people in the roles that we've we've seen. I mean, yeah, I I just don't agree with it as a concept. I think there's people who, uh, you know. Uh, Maybe have some some level of influence, but I think that is also in itself influenced by their own material factors and their own material influences. So yeah, that's my basic take on it, I guess. All
0: right, I guess if there's any teaser for a potential uh, future stream that you want to mention, just the facts regarding what Chad said, let me know. Yeah,
1: I definitely do place a lot more weight on sort of immaterial factors, and I think if you look at wars like the Crusades, it's definitely easy to see the non-material motivations for going on those wars, and in fact, the material motivations to stay home, uh, I don't see, uh, I mean, material factors are maybe one of the drivers of history, but I think oh God, it's difficult to get into this without getting too esoteric, you know, and getting uh, Gnostic to completely destroy me with facts <laughs> and logic, but um, yeah, I guess we'll have to see it some other time who comes out on in on top in that discussion. All
0: right, and uh, uh, next we have... Wait, what? Oh, I think that's the echo again. But uh, next we have over here, Glow in the Dark for $5. A uh, Nation by committee will have similar problems as an story or IP will have by committee. Anne's story, is that like Anne's hero? But anyway, any thoughts on that? Uh,
1: I mean, it's the same thing as like... Yeah, yeah, it will. You know, you need decisive leadership in some point. But the problem is if I screw up the ending to a story, you know, millions won't die. So whereas if I'm the single auteur that leads the nation and I screw up, you know, maybe millions more will die. So it's uh, a bit OK for things to be like MCU level bland in running a country because that's that's much more tolerable. There's lower consequences for things being bland, but there are much higher consequences to screwing up.
0: hmm. And next we have Darjeeling Fed hashtag Free Azov. Next we have a fi- uh, two can two dollars JTF should give me a role in Discord for Dis. Well, that's up. That's up to you. I'm not. Uh, I'm not running your Discord, but I am running the BTR Discord. Speaking of which, one more time, here's the link to the BTR Discord. Everybody sign up there as well. And uh, lastly, Darjeeling Fed, Azov, be like, I can, to Kiev. Well, I'm glad you spelled Kiev correctly. That I appreciate that. Uh, i been noticing some people saying, like, the Ukraine and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, listen, this is the end of the stream. I really appreciate Chud Logic, Just the Facts, the great and powerful Gnostic informant, who's going to be on very soon. We've got a few streams planned together, right? It's gonna, I don't know if we should announce it right... You know what? Let's announce it right now. Sure. Because he said, yes, we are going to have... Jason Giorgiani on Break the Rules all the way live. This is happening uh, two weeks from now. And next week, Sticks Hexenhammer 666 is back with us to debate a lady from uh, the Young Turks on unions. So for I'm all this. St- that one too? No, no, that one uh, – there's too many hooks in the kitchen already for that no, one. I, there, I, I, it's going to be – yeah, yeah, no, 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 no problem. Uh, uh, and we are going to have uh, a lot of fun in all these streams. And once again, patreon.com slash break the rules. Become a patron today, and you are going to get these exquisitely beautiful magnets. My father created these wooden magnets. They are made out of high-quality wood. And believe me, you are going to cherish these because this is like real handcrafted uh, stuff. You know, this is not – This is not just, like, some uh, cheap stuff that you would buy uh, from China or whatever. You know, this is, like, real stuff that has soul in it. So, Patreon.com. Real magnets
2: that fell from heaven. They're magic.
0: Exactly, exactly. Patreon.com slash rules. This is where you go, and you're going to get these beautiful magnets, and that is for the $20 tier. For the $5 tier, when you become a patron, you are going to get MP3s of the episodes after they come out. You are going to get exclusive Patreon-only episodes. Listen, as BTR grows, as you guys subscribe more, as this whole thing develops, we're going to have a lot more Patreon-only episodes as well, Patreon-exclusives, so those are coming very soon. And also, you're going to get an exclusive, like, Discord perk on the BTR Discord, a special Discord status. And for the $50 subscribers on Patreon, you are going to get a custom magnet. Whatever design you want, it is going to be custom, well, within limits, you know, no pornography or, like, any um, hate imagery or anything like that. But anyway, you get the idea. Become a Patreon today, and you are not going to regret it. And any final thoughts? Uh, just the facts. Chud Logic, Nausicaan as well as where can people... Will find you for those who do not know uh, where to find you.
1: So my first thought is, you know, apart from Glow the Dark, I'm pretty sure every single person that super chatted was one of mine. So, see. Second of all, uh, <laughs> can find me on YouTube. That's basically where I'm at. I'm also on Discord. Uh Don't have a custom invite anymore, but it's in the Discord. uh, uh But it's in all the YouTube video descriptions. So yeah, subscribe, hit the bell button. Yeah. Sweet.
3: Okay. Chat logic. Oh, I just yes. want to. I just want to say. The reason there wasn't any super chats from my community is all a bunch of layabout, bed blob leftists. You can't be (laughs) fucked to work. So my apologies for that. Um, But yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks for having me on. I've had a fun combo. Um, Find me at ChudLogic on all good social media platforms. Always a pleasure. And
0: uh, Neil, you're going to end this thing.
2: YouTube.com slash Gnostic Informant. There it is.
0: Excellent. All right. We are off. Thank you guys so much for watching. 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 Thank you guys so